Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is Monday, uh, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. My name is Andre Anderson. I am both host and uh, founder of BSTL. What does BSTL stand for? It stands for Building Something That Lasts. And if you haven't had a chance to subscribe yet uh, to our page, please go ahead and do so. We're on a bunch of platforms, including... Uh, I think Apple, I think we're also on Spotify, and then of course you can find us on RSS. So let me just jump right into this thing. Uh, I'm so excited. Uh, I've got a friend online here, and we have known each other literally for more than 30 plus years. I won't say how many years, because I guess that way you'll know that we're not young anymore. So uh, Michelle Davis, welcome to uh, BSTL's podcast. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much, Andre. It's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. And so here's the thing. Um, one of the things I've been trying to stay away from is um, reading people's bios because at times uh, they can be a little bit impersonal because they highlight, you know, the, the highs of the person. Uh, so what I'd like to do before we get into our conversation, and I will introduce it in a moment, Please uh, tell us about your business. You are an entrepreneur, and I want to make sure that I give you a strong plug early in this podcast conversation to ensure that people who could use your service, they know how to find you. That's wonderful. So, yes, I am the CEO of NZD Consulting, Inc. We are a management consulting firm based in Toronto, and we work with not-for-profit leaders and business owners to help them deepen their diversity, equity, and inclusion work. We also help with research, evaluation, and I also support a number of black small business owners, helping them with things like visioning and accessing funding. So you can find me at our website, mbdconsulting.ca, as well as on social media. Okay, nice. And um, I've already referred at least one person your way, uh, so I know, because uh, I did get some really, really, really good feedback. So please, uh, let's support uh, Michelle Davis and her business, to which she is the CEO, and I'm so happy to be able to say that um, today. So anyways, um, Michelle, uh, today we want to have a conversation, right? And of course, on this podcast, we talk about all things leadership-based, right? We're trying to create um, a, a space for uh, real, authentic conversations around leadership to happen. And of course, I know that you know, you've know you got your gurus uh, that are in the industry and they've got a lot to say about how leadership can happen, but I do believe that leadership is something that is ever-changing, ever-morphing, and even though there are some models that are proven, I still think that there are more things that we have yet to touch on and evaluate, and sometimes... Uh, depending on the platform that you have, it makes it difficult for you to add some of the nuances to leadership um, that are still out there, that are still developing and still growing. So today, I hope you don't mind, but we are going to talk a little bit about women in leadership, equity, and diversity um, with the hope that we will help uh, not just women, but also men to have a, a greater understanding about what that kind of looks like from a leadership piece. So I, I don't know, maybe we can start off this way by talking a bit about what it means to you uh, to be a woman who's leading and also an entrepreneur in her own organization. Let's start there, Michelle, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. Yes, Andre, that's a great place to start. 
excellent. So I love, I absolutely love being, you know, the CEO of my company, leading a team, leading a business. But it's very interesting because my background is science. As you may remember, I'm a massive science nerd. I never took a business course in high school (laughs) or at university because unfortunately we do that either or. Either you're doing science and math or you're doing arts and business, right? So you choose, we often, you know, force students with timetabling and other things to choose one or the other. However, I come from a, a history of business, small business owners. So both sets of my grandparents are business owners. Um, one grandfather was a tanner, so he made leather goods before he got into real estate and um, owned a number of businesses and properties in Jamaica as well as in New York. Uh, both my my other grandfather was a butcher, and both my grandmothers sold in the local market. Ah, nice. So yeah, so my father is self-employed and has been my entire life. So it was when I went to Jamaica a number of years ago after finishing university, and I was just seeing all of all these businesses that I would see, and I and I would think to myself, how did they come up with that idea? Mm-hmm. How did they notice about that? And I think it was just something that started percolating internally for me. Mm-hmm. So I moved back to Toronto and I just started reading and kind of exploring what business looks like, what it feels like. Uh, so when, back in 2015, when I was between contracts, I started my consulting firm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was tough. It was tough trying to figure it out, getting income through the door. My son was very young. Um, trying to figure out all those pieces. So after almost a year, I got a, you know, a job offer and I took that job. Uh, but it never left me, mm-hmm. that desire for business. And so in 2020, like many people, you know, my spirit nudged me to say, yeah, yeah, it's time, it's time, to, it's time to move. <laughs> it's time to move. So I just, uh, I took a year to plan and, um, then, you know, still had my, I did some consulting work part-time, mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, kept, kept a few clients and such, but then decided that it was time for me to launch full-time into it. So I have been for almost two years now, um, and I love it. I love the freedom. I love the flexibility. I can take off in the afternoon and go watch my son's basketball game or drive him and his friends to their games or, you know, we play, he plays in the U.S. tournament sometimes. I can take a day off and, you know, the weekend off and go because, you yeah. know, I, I decide that. But I also love leading a team. So small mm-hmm. team now, growing, I'll be doing some hiring, coming up, and people management is one of my strengths. So mm-hmm. really motivating people, encouraging people, speaking truth mm-hmm. to them, supporting their goals, you know, where do they want to go? How can I, you know, help them to get there? So being the head of an organization really allows me to tap in in a real, in a really meaningful way into my strength. Mm-hmm. And it also allows me to learn and test things. So mm-hmm. I say to my team, we're a learning organization. So we'll learn something one day. We'll come back to the team the next day to share what we learned. And then we're implementing it. We're trying it. We're seeing testing it. So being, you know, being able to be nimble to try and test things and see what works and doesn't work, and then continuous improvement. I really enjoy those aspects of of business and leadership. 
So I would imagine, uh, Michelle, and thank you for um, sharing that because I think uh, part of understanding um, women in leadership uh, through the lens of your eyes is giving a little bit of a context. And um, I think context is important because it helps us to understand the thing that kind of drives you. So I would imagine um, as an entrepreneur, a CEO of your company, um, that you have stumbled, bumped into, been blindsided um, by some challenges that um, you mm-hmm. have observed. And, you know, it's, it's not to say that, uh, well, at least maybe I should say this. It's not to say that men don't have challenges in leadership and being entrepreneurs. I think everybody has a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe there are some things that you have identified um, that are, are issues that you are overcoming and have overcome um, as a woman, uh, can you speak to that a little bit? Oh, yes, yes, I can. So one of the things is, and the research supports this, that um, women-owned and women-led businesses tend to be smaller than those owned and led by men. Mm-hmm. They tend not to access funding, whether mm-hmm. it's loans or grants, to you know compare to as many men that do that mm-hmm. uh, so and then of course as women were you know we may be mothers as well so still you know we're, we're heading a company but we still have to manage the household yes. we still are, have to you know be parents to our children in ways that sometimes men don't don't have to be or in ways that are different than perhaps men are so i think those are some you know some real challenges you know, we all may also be the sandwich generation. So we may have our own children and we also have our parents to care for. Mm-hmm. So I know, you know, we were just talking before we started about our parents and we're at that stage where, yeah, we need to check in with our parents every day and we need to go to appointments with them or, you know, they they need our advice or help or something. So those are some of the, you know, that work-life balance mm-hmm. that we always talk about mm-hmm. that, we're always aiming for, but we seem to miss terribly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we've seen that, especially in the last few years, that um, how elusive that can be. Mm-hmm. So I think those are some of the things that I've seen as women entrepreneurs, and really just owning, mm-hmm. you know, who we are, and if we've been called to do mm-hmm. to start a company and to do this work and to impact the lives of not only our clients and customers but our staff and our team being able to step boldly into that. So let me ask you this question then, Mm -hmm. uh, Michelle. Uh, And I think it's important that you've touched on this idea around work-life balance, right? So, Mm -hmm. yes, you've Mm -hmm. identified this kind of sandwich thing that happens between parenting and then on some level at times parenting the parents, right? Because now they're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're getting older. But from a business perspective, what does that look like? How are you um, creating the balance, right? Because the thing is, you can have a thriving organization um, that is doing well and those that you service, they are happy because the uh, the thing that you've given to them, it's exemplary, right? But um, after the camera's off, after the Zoom meeting, meeting has been ended, after you've left the office, you've now got to drive, you're wiped out, you know, how are you creating um, the balance? Or maybe what you can tell us is how is it that you have not done so well, um, but in <laughs> hindsight, this might be a better way to do it? That's a question. So for me, yes, I'm very strict. So I try, I don't work after in the evening. 
I will say log off. I'm off. I try not to do work on the weekends as well. Um, say 99% of the time, I don't necessarily have to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that I did is I hired. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I was in and out a year into my business full time. I said, yeah, I've got to hire. So I hired a virtual assistant mm-hmm. and has, who has been just amazing. So that takes some of the low work off of me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there were things like for a whole year, I'm like, I need to start posting on social media, but I could not get mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. So having someone who can take that load and that responsibility and that work mm-hmm. has really helped. And as a result, my business has grown so much. Nice. Because you're right. And that, now that I'm more, because I'm more visible online mm-hmm. because of that work. So, and I mean, sometimes it's like taking a nap in the afternoon, three o'clock, I'm tired, I'll go stretch it on my couch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also like to bring a lot of joy to my work. Okay. So I want, like, so I'm bringing happiness, I'm smiling, I'm laughing, I'm working with clients that I really love, mm-hmm. that I really enjoy working with. Mm-hmm. Um, I bring people on my team, again, that I really enjoy working with. So I'm very careful in ter- as well, or try to be, mm-hmm. in the types of projects that I take on and the clients that I take on. Mm-hmm. If they're not, if I'm, you know, kind of feeling like, mm, this is like your mind with me, I'm learning to trust my, you know, my internal instincts that are telling me, mm, maybe that's not in alignment. Yes. And then, so then I don't, I don't go down that road because I've learned that, you know, if I made a decision not to do that kind of work or work with that person, but I, I, I decide to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. It usually doesn't work out the way I want to. So honoring that internal um, feeling, mm-hmm. that internal intuition, we might call it, mm-hmm. um, that use that as a guide as well. Mm-hmm. And so I try. Like the past six months have been completely hectic. So that work-life balance. Mm-hmm. You know, I was re- really exhausted, and there was one Saturday in November because I was teach. I taught last semester. Nice. At um, yeah, Centennial College, mm-hmm. I was exhausted. And that Saturday, I couldn't really move. I couldn't really get out of bed. I got up. I stayed in bed till about ten thirty. Pretty late for me. You know, went down in the kitchen, had breakfast, and like I need to get back to bed. Mm-hmm. So I stayed in bed, wasn't really sleeping, just, you know, watching the webinar, but in bed mm-hmm. um, until about three o'clock. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get up. So I went downstairs. I'm like, oh, you know, it's Saturday. I need to tidy the bathroom. And my body screamed at me, get <laughs> back to the couch. Yeah. yeah. And I went and lay down for another hour. So listening to my body is something I'm kind of making sure that I'm doing. If I feel tired, mm-hmm. I need to rest. I can't push. I can't. And my body will shut down on me. It will start screaming at me. Yeah. And so I need to achieve that caution. And I think for a lot of folks, um, taking care of our physical and mental health as leaders, as entrepreneurs, it has to be a high priority because if we don't take care of ourselves, yeah. well, we can't take care of everyone else. Oh, yeah. So uh, a good friend of mine, we use the um, oxygen mask. You know, with the oxygen mask mm-hmm. and that, you know, when you're about to fly mm-hmm. and the flight attendants are going through the emergency procedures and they say, when the oxygen mask drops, mm-hmm. you put yours on first. Yeah. 
before you help anyone else. So similarly, as a leader, as a mom, you know, it is put, take care of myself, put that oxygen mask on, re-energize, rejuvenate, and then move forward. So it's interesting, um, Michelle, that, you know, earlier in this conversation, you talked about people management. Um, and of course, uh, people management is not just what you are doing with others. Uh, it's also what you're doing with yourself. But as an entrepreneur and uh, feel and look, if you disagree with me, I'm OK with it. Um, and, and this is a platform for full uh, transparency. It doesn't always have to be agreeable uh, in terms of where we stand on things. But some mm-hmm. would argue um, that this is a man's world, right? Um, mm-hmm. Some people would disagree. Um, but the challenge is still going to be the same, right? So when a man walks into a room, perhaps, as long as he has a commanding presence about him and maybe he speaks well, when he says, hey, mm-hmm. I need this done by Friday, 4 o'clock p.m., no excuses, I, I think a, a lot mm-hmm. of times people scramble because they can feel that vibrato. Um, in mm-hmm. his voice. And of course, it's mm-hmm. the way that we're socialized. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of people management, um, as a woman leading her own organization, um, mm-hmm. are there any struggles there at times? Um, are there some things that you've identified? Have you had to make some adjustments, some changes? Mm-hmm. Not that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Because I just find it critically important to earn the respect and trust of the people who you lead. So in any position, whether an employed position or now in business, I ensure that I'm investing in my relationships mm-hmm. with staff, with colleagues. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you, how, how are you doing? How mm-hmm. is your family doing? Oh, your children. How, you have children. How are, you said your mom was at school. Well, how is your mom? I want to get to know mm-hmm. you outside of, you know, work or business. Yeah. Because we're human. I want to know the whole person. So mm-hmm. part of even one of our values in the company is you we bring our whole selves to work. Mm. Right? We bring our whole we are authentic and we bring our whole selves to work. So if someone needs time off that's fine. Go, go and do what you need to do. Take care of who you need to take care of. Mm-hmm. We'll see you tomorrow. So I haven't had uh, an experience where I felt that I wouldn't be heard or mm-hmm. respected as a leader because mm-hmm. of because I was a woman. I've often found quite the opposite that yeah, mm-hmm. people respected me. And then when I've been in employed positions where I wasn't in a leadership position, mm-hmm. and but others would seek me out anyway. I mean, I have had the title of leader, but I mean, naturally, it's very natural to me. Yeah. So uh, I yeah. would, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's so true. So people would seek me out anyways, right? So I haven't had that experience. But I know it does happen. Mm-hmm. I know it does happen to women where they feel they are what they say is discounted, mm-hmm. what they may say is ignored, mm-hmm. or their thoughts or ideas are misrepresented or taken or yeah. stolen. And, yeah. Right? And yeah. so I know that that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is very stressful, right? It affects our health when mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah. Um, and so what has happened perhaps is that women may feel that they have to lead like how manly, mm-hmm. yeah. but that doesn't serve us. 
I think I've said that very well. Women, we need to lead authentically. Yeah. We need to lead in a way that is us. So for me, that's being um, very connected, engaged, very supportive, very sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, that may be termed non-traditional, yes. but that's who I am. Yeah. And, and that, I feel, works for me as well as for, for those who, so, who, who I who I need. So, so then here, here's my um, follow-up question question to that. And I like the fact that you've said you've got to be authentically you. Um, because, mm-hmm. again, I think that there's a danger when somebody says, um, you know, this is so-and-so, um, and they are a great leader, and I'm going to embody mm-hmm. that. Well, uh, mm-hmm. to some degree, the, the, the challenge is, is that certain groups of people, ethnicities, etc., they are given an opportunity to stand up front and to lead um, because at times we live in a society that embraces the other as the standard of excellence um, for leadership. And of course, uh, if your face is not there, your gender is not there, then how would you identify what the best um, methods for leadership are if you only have one standard? Now, with that being said, though, Michelle, um, and, and we're pivoting a little bit in our conversation. Um, mm-hmm. How are you then going to continue to build? I, I know that you said earlier in our conversation that you're going to be hiring. Um, what mm-hmm. does equity then look like for you? How are you going to, because uh, I am certain 100% uh, the longer you do this thing, it is going to continue to grow and thrive because I know that you are a woman mm-hmm. of excellence. Mm-hmm. But how are you going to ensure that 10 years down the road, you're not hiring a consultant uh, to talk about equity because it's already become a thing that you do. What are some of the things that you are already beginning to put into place to make sure that you have that kind of uh, balance at this level for your organization? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, much of that is being very intentional and that authenticity so and leading with that. So I'm writing up a job ad right now and it includes the company's values. Mm-hmm. It includes a statement around equity, inclusion and diversity. Nice. Um, it includes about accessibility. If you mm-hmm. need you know, accommodations, let us know. So being very thoughtful and intentional from, you know, even how we write the job postings to how we conduct interviews and then who we finally select Mm -hmm. to be successful. So people need to know up front the type of organization that they're they're applying to to work with. Mm -hmm. So if it's not in alignment with who they are, then, you know, this job isn't for them. And I think that's really important that you build that that organizational culture, including around expectations. So I expect anyone that I work with is committed to anti-racism, is is committed to equity and, most importantly, justice. Mm -hmm. That everyone is treated fairly, with dignity, and with respect. Um, So those are important pieces Mm -hmm. that, you know, that that I've put in place and will continue to put in place so that, as you said, in 10 years, we're still living the values that we have committed to. Yeah. So we're a very value-driven organization, mm-hmm. mission-driven. And so we use, you know, I use our values and our mission to, to make decisions. 
But again, this project may not be for me. This client may yeah. not be for me. Um, we're always coming back to that, to center, to center decision so I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you said something that that made my heart smile, right? Um, the the idea that your core values they drive uh, who you will actually work with, and I, I do have it in my notes in terms of questions, because it sounds to me um, like even though you know you 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 might get a big paycheck um, if the client perhaps is somebody that is is almost trying to push you in a direction that does not meet the standard of who you are, number one, as a person, but then definitely uh, the core values of your organization, you're like, ah, maybe that's a hard no. Uh, that's a hard mm-hmm. no because uh, above and beyond um, being compensated for the great work that you do, you still have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, did I deliver on justice? Uh, did I deliver on equity and all of the other pieces that go along with that? And I like, I like that you've said that um, because I think leadership is not just what you provide to people in terms of a um, um, service that you're giving to them, but it's also what you deliver in terms of what you'd like the world to look like if people would embrace some of what you're doing. Do you want to share a little bit more about that? Yeah, that's on there. You know, one client I just, wrapped up working with last month and and they say, you know, they're in like my dream client. They I did a anti racism, some anti racism work with them. They had already done kind of that groundwork. They've already done their anti racism one oh one training. They've already done their statement. You know, they've already done, you know, what everyone's doing in twenty twenty and twenty one. They've already done that. So I could come in and build on that firm foundation that they built. They were, they're very community centered, very community minded. Mm -hmm. So anything that we did had to include community members, Mm -hmm. their, you know, what feedback they've given, what they would like to see, the barriers and challenges that they experienced. They do employment. They were looking at their employment service provision. So, you know, when people are when people of color are looking for work, black and black people and other racialized people, what are some of the challenges that they face in recruitment, in hiring, when they're actually at the job, mm-hmm. and then so so I know that those are the kinds of clients that I want to work with. Mm-hmm. I know that those are the kind of folks that the kind of organization that I want to work with. And I met with a business coach. Um, a week or two ago, we were talking about that. She's like, oh, Michelle, it's like you're the DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion doctor. Mm-hmm. You come in and help organizations. You try something. Maybe it's worked. Maybe it's not working. And you help them kind of fix it. I'm like, oh, I like that DEI mm-hmm. doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, That's nice. So, right. So, understanding who my ideal client is. They're not always at the beginning stages, they've maybe done a couple of things around diversity, equity, inclusion, and they want to go deeper. Yeah. They want to go deeper. So by keeping that in mind, mm-hmm. the type of organizations that I want, the clients that I want to serve, then I can make those decisions. Is this, you know, are they at the stage where I need them to be that I can come in and build on that foundation that they built? Are they fully committed? Does it show up in their actions, on their website? 
when I speak to their team, you know, are, are they also speaking in a way that is aligned with values? Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm able to do that bit of assessment. But then I can give you an example where I saw a, a project and I kept thinking, mm, I don't know if that's quite, you know, what I want to do. But, you know, it's a one-year contract. It'll give me income because, of course, Mm-hmm. You know, income is the is the the gasoline in our in the <laughs> engine of a business. Yeah, if there's sure. no gasoline, we can't go anywhere, right? right? Yeah. So, so I, I, you know, I said, okay, but I'm going to apply. So I applied. I was invited to an interview, and um, during the interview, I'm like, no, this isn't um, this isn't going to work for me. And there was one question about conflict management, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, I'm very comfortable with dealing with conflict. I know Canadians, we kind of shy away from it, but yeah. I'm okay. I can yeah. approach it, you know, directly. I don't have a problem with that. So then one of the interviewers came back with a follow-up question. Well, I wanted to unpack that because, you know, depending on culture, some people wouldn't be comfortable with that. So when she started saying, she used another term, and to me I thought, uh-oh, <laughs> is it that this angry black woman stereotype yeah. that that's yeah. being played out here? Yeah, yeah. Right? So then I said, no, I wouldn't be combative. I wouldn't be, you know, I would be sensitive and thoughtful in how I approach it, but I would approach it. Yes. And then afterwards I thought, you know, in that instant, my cultural background was erased. Yes. And my, from my culture, yes. we are very direct people. Yes. <laughs> we, yeah. we deal with, right, we deal with conflict, we disagree, and we move on. Yes. You think what we have to say? Mm-hmm. And we, you may not like it, yeah. but I'm going to say what I have to say, and then we move on. Yeah. I find that that culture kind of clashes with the Canadian mainstream culture of... Yeah, very passive. Where we're kind of, right, very passive. We're kind of the ostriches with our head in the sand. Oh, we get along with everyone. Sure. We're fun. There's no conflict. We're nice people. Yeah. Meanwhile, things are brewing under underneath. So... In that moment, I was like, okay, this is this is contract. This client is not for me mm-hmm. because there isn't a, it's not, a, you know, yeah. especially if that, that stereotype of the angry black woman is going to come up again and again. Sure. That means this work is not for me. Yeah. Right? So those are ways that I, that I assess who I want to work with. And again, going back to that piece of that intuition, I knew mm-hmm. initially that, mm, that's not quite the work that I wanted to. Yes. I don't know about this contract, even though it's research and evaluation and national project. Yes. Exciting, something kind of work that I wanted to do. But there was that, you know, thing at the back of my mind saying, maybe not. And, you know, I did listen to it. I did honor it. And I went forward and then I had that moment in an interview where like, yeah, I, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> so I've got one more question. Um, you said this um, a few moments ago. You said going deeper, right? So we've had this great conversation on leadership, equity, and diversity. And of course, you've added some nuances around core values and, 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 and sticking with your, your gut feeling on some stuff, right? But my next question to you then is, in your opinion now as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, as a leader, what does going deeper look like? So everybody's talking about diversity, inclusion, etc., but there's going to be something that comes after this. Have you identified mm-hmm. any of that yet? Oh, what a brilliant question, Andre. 
for me, going deeper means that, or we're not just trying to achieve diversity. So in getting more women, more Black, Indigenous, racialized folks, more people with disabilities in organizations and leadership, we are also looking at justice. So for me, the end result of diversity, equity, inclusion work has to be justice. Mm-hmm. So everyone is, is treated fairly, is treated with dignity, is treated with respect. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so DEI 2.0, mm-hmm. yeah. let's say, yeah. 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 That's for me, would, yeah. be, right? would, would be about talking, uh, being focused on achieving justice. Okay. Right? So that um, when we look at, I just reading an article this morning about um, the level of home ownership in Canada, mm-hmm. how for a black led household, we are about 30 percentage points less. Mm-hmm. So justice for a black fat household is that we have home ownership rates that are at least at that of white red and mm-hmm. households. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that for many folks, home ownership is the largest investment most people will, re- will make. It is, you know, usually the asset, the greatest asset people will own and how having that asset creates other opportunities for households. Mm-hmm. So if we are 30 percentage points behind, we're losing out. So justice will be, right. you know, what are some programs and initiatives to increase home ownership amongst yeah. black folks? Yes. Mm-hmm. So right. um, I want to give you an opportunity. Uh, <laughs> I know you're not tracking the time. I am. And this has been such a really good conversation. I can't believe it. Um, but I do want to say this. I want to give you an opportunity to maybe consolidate um, all of what you've said. Is there a takeaway uh, that you would like people to hear? You know, there may be a young woman that's listening. And, of course, you have that voice. There may be a young black woman. Um, you have that voice. But maybe there's a man, whether he's black or white or indigenous or whatever. Um, I, I think that you've talked about a lot of really good principles. Is there a takeaway that you would like us to make sure we're clear on um, before we end mm. our conversation today that would really uh, just cover it all? I would want to encourage everyone to be authentic. Be true to who you are. This world will tell you that you need to look this way, you need to speak this way, you need to dress this way. But at the end of the day, that may not be you. So be true to who you are. Be guided by your principles, by your values. As well, for business owners and leaders, create organizations where people can show up as themselves. Mm where people feel welcomed, where they feel safe, mm-hmm. and where people can be healthy. Because unfortunately, a lot of workplaces are making people from equity-deserving groups sick. So whether that's increased hypertension, increased anxiety, increased depression, we're seeing heart attacks. And a lot of this can be attributed to work. So let's create organizations that are healthy, mm-hmm. that are engaged, where people feel engaged, where people feel supported, where people feel loved. Mm-hmm. Where really they feel honored and respected. So that would be the, the key takeaway that I'd like to, to end with today. 
Well, Michelle uh, Davis, uh, CEO, um, I wanted to say thank you so much for joining us. And I hope in the near future to uh, have you come back because there is a part two um, to this conversation that has come as a result of this conversation. And we, we really do um, wish you the best and prayerfully we, we hope that everything that your mind has shown you before it has cemented that it would come to pass and that you would uh, be able to, as a result of your core values, really begin to stretch how we do leadership and how we do business uh, because there are a lot of people that are making a lot of money um, and their organizations are growing and thriving, but the people, the human resources, they are suffering uh, because there is a lack of justice at times. So again, to those of you that have joined us today, um, we hope that you've learned and been inspired um, through the lens of a wonderful person, a wonderful human being. Um, Michelle Davis, we thank you for coming on. And again, to those of you that have enjoyed this conversation, feel free uh, to reach out uh, to me, bstlinc21 at gmail.com. And if you haven't subscribed, subscribe, share it. Um, send this message all over the world because people need to know that there is another way to lead and we know some people that are already doing so. Take care for now, and we hope that you keep well. Until next time, my name is Andre Anderson, both host and founder of BSTL. Thanks for joining us this week. Take care. <laughs>